You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where every episode we discuss a different album from Robert Emery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about michael jackson thriller in the room i have ben hee-haw <laughs> john you're a vegetable <laughs> and and on the line i have kyle uh what's up dudes <laughs> <laughs> thriller is the 60th album by the american singer michael jackson released on the november 30th 1982 by epic records the producer was quincy jones and the genre is pop post-disco rock and funk i'm gonna read from all music review stephen thomas Irwine. Off the Wall was a massive success spawning four top ten hits, but nothing could have prepared Michael Jackson for Thriller. Nobody could have prepared anybody for the success of Thriller, since the magnitude of its success was simply unimaginable. An album that sold 40 million copies in its initial chart run, with seven of its nine tracks reaching the top ten. This was a record that had something for everybody, building on the basic blueprint for Off the Wall by adding harder funk, hard rock, softer ballads, and smoother soul. That alone would have given the album a good shot at a huge audience, but it also arrived precisely when MTV was reaching its ascendancy. And Jackson helped the network by being not just the first superstar, but black superstar as much as the network uh, helped him. This all would have made it successful but it stayed on the charts, turning out singles for nearly two years because it was really, really good. True, it wasn't as tight as Off the Wall, and the ridiculous late-night House of Horrors title track is a prime culprit arriving in the middle of the record and sucking out its momentum, but those one-two cuts don't detract from a phenomenal set of music. It's calculated to be sure, but the chutzpah of those calculations is outdone by their success. And although this is an undeniably fun record, the paranoia is already creeping in, manifesting itself in the record's two best songs, Billie Jean, where a woman claims Michael is the father of her child and the delirious wannabe starting something, the freshest funk on the album. But the most claustrophobic, scariest track Jackson ever recorded. These give the record its anchor and are part of the reason why the record is more than just a phenomenon. The other reason, of course, is that much of it is just simply great music. All right, what do we think of Michael Jackson's Thriller? I can't speak highly enough of Thriller. This is, this album is why I got into music as a kid. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure every household has a copy of Thriller. If they don't, I I don't know. It's yeah. just a staple of our 
entire musical background, I think. I mean, it's sold between 66 million and 100 million records. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's the best selling album of all time. But not, not necess- in the US. Not necessarily the best selling album in the US or the best selling album in the UK, but best selling of all time worldwide. Yeah. Uh, this was the very first album that I ever owned as a human. Uh, it was not my parents' record, it was mine. I've still got my worn out old copy from the 80s. I played it on a Fisher-Price record player while I would roller skate around our unfinished basement as like a six-year-old. I can't say enough how formative those moments for me. I, I had fucking Michael Jackson fever. If it was not Michael Jackson or Ninja Turtles, get it the fuck away from me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I had Beatlemania for Michael Jackson in the mid-80s. I think a lot of people did. Yeah. I mean, he It's became, hard to overstate, yeah, yeah, how huge Michael Jackson was in the 80s. I couldn't, uh, yeah, re- doing the research, I mean, l- just looking back over it, obviously I remembered, you know, just from my own experience, but looking back over just, like, what was going on off the wall and then into this album, this album just, like, skyrocketed. It was huge. I mean, it's bigger than the Beatles. Uh, be- obviously, it's selling more, Yeah. and it was just... It was better than anything the Beatles, or bigger than anything the Beatles did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, with this, he became it, the king of pop. Yes. Like, this is what... Gave him the crown. Yeah, I mean, this changed pop music. Well, right? yeah, and it was a it was a, a big synergy between the amazing music and also, I mean, you can't. I mean, we're we're reviewing the album as the album, but you can't discount the music videos. Yeah, you know that was a huge part of this, and I think as a child, the music videos brought me to the music, mm-hmm. and I didn't need the music video to make me enjoy the songs as a six year old. But it definitely brought me there. I think as a child, my introduction to Michael Jackson was probably the Thriller video. All 13 minutes of it. Mm. And just the imagery that that music video burnt into my young mind. And just the influence of that. Seriously, I can't credit it enough. It's the keystone to everything I was into at the time. It, It made me realize, this is so cool. I want to sing, I want to dance, I want to be like this guy, I want to listen to more stuff that sounds like this, and I want to do this myself. Like, yeah. I remember I consciously thinking that, it, yeah, it, it all goes back to the Thriller video. Mm-hmm. You want to impress six-year-old Ben? Make zombies dance. Yeah. <laughs> and I am fucking on board. <laughs> yeah, Ben, I'm with you. I remember um, uh, when the Thriller video was really big, because it, it was a big fucking deal when it came out. Um, I was being babysat and uh, my babysitter walked to the house and she got to, you know, got to our house and started babysitting me. And she was like, look, I was a little scared walking down the street because I just I just saw Thriller (laughs) (laughs) and like a frog croaked at me. You know, it's like, I get it. (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll talk about the debut of the the Thriller music video because it's amazing. so before Thriller, before they were playing it, MTV really wasn't playing Black Artist, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that was a big controversy. Mm-hmm. Bowie, I think, acknowledged it, and a lot of people did. There's, Why aren't you playing Prince? Why aren't you playing this? With this, with Thriller, though, it's like they had no choice. How would you not play Thriller? They, they literally, like... Yeah. It's so... It's such a good video. This and Billie Jean, it, like, really upped the ante of, you know, what music videos can do, and then it kind of forced their hand. 
It debuted on 2nd of December, 1983. And it's like such an understatement to say that, you know, how impactful that was. It's considered the most famous music video of all time. It's also considered like best-selling music video of all time because they sold it as a VHS copy for $25 with the making of a Mm -hmm. thriller. Uh, And that, you know... That making of was how they they aired on what, Showtime? Uh, That is part of the reason that they actually aired it on uh, MTV. That is how they got funding to actually do the video is they guaranteed, you know, uh, because the video costs... uh, I got some discrepancies. Some say it was half a million and some say it was like 600,000. It it was around, it was between a million, half a million, which was insane for a music video. I mean, that's just, that's a, that's a movie. I mean, the whole, the whole album production cost for this was, I think, 750,000. Right. So you're talking almost Mm -hmm. the same amount for just one music video. And Epic did not want to foot the bill they already had a successful record on their hands. Thriller was, what, the last single? The seventh and last single rela- uh, released for it. Epic did not want to foot the bill to try to make the spooky song a hit. Right. You know, like, who who, who wants a song about monsters? Turns yeah. out, uh, every six-year-old. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're right, Kyle. It was Showtime. It was Showtime and MTV. Uh, they paid $250,000 each for the rights to show the 45-minute making of Thriller. And by getting that money, they made the mm-hmm. video, <laughs> and they called uh, they called the uh, making of thriller filler. Uh, they just <laughs> called it like <laughs> as a joke because yeah. they were like, "Well, we don't really care about this. Obviously, the product is this, but they got the rights to to show it." I thought that was so cool. They sort of um, pressured them into to you know making that video. Uh, I also thought it was really cool that they when they create when they started the premiere there was like a riot at the literally like at the premiere where everyone was just like dancing and and loving it diane ross uh before they actually showed it premiered on mtv they previewed it with diana ross warren Beatty, prince uh and uh eddie murphy was there and they were all just like and murphy's like where do you get that soup yep <laughs> <laughs> But they were like, they were like, encore, encore. <laughs> and they're like, uh, we don't have, that's the video. Like, what do you want? And Eddie Murphy's like, play the damn thing again. Yeah, like, nice. yeah. Of course that's what they want. That, I want to watch Thriller again right now. And I've watched it twice today. And it's 13 minutes long. Have, yeah. uh, have any of you listened to the original demo version of Thriller when it no. had a different name? Oh, oh, and it no. was like Starlight was or something? Starlight? Yeah. starlight, we need some starlight sun. There ain't no second chances, we gotta make it while we can. Did you, Kyle, do you, uh, so that was what, uh, Templeton uh, that wrote that song? Yeah. He had, yeah, he had the music, was trying to figure out the name. He came up with Starlight, and Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson were like, no, we want something like a little, like, like, no pun intended, dangerous, uh, you know, and like just uh, something like edgy and dangerous, like, you know, Michael's coming out with this mysterious new persona. He's this evolving icon. So Templeton's like, okay. And he comes back with <laughs> Midnight Man. Midnight Man, yeah. Midnight, Midnight Man. 
<laughs> yeah, I read that too. And Quincy Jones is like, uh, split the difference. <laughs> yeah, they had, at that point, they had already just settled on the album title Thriller. So they, they changed the lyrics to, to uh, invoke that. I mean, and I'll, I'll agree that thriller is hard to sing. Like the word. It's not a pretty word. Thriller is not. Right. Yeah. But it, I mean, once you have it, I've you never, have it, you can't go back from I that. never thought of that. And that's why he, he, he was, uh, Templeton was hesitant because like thriller, he's like, it fits, but no one, like, it sounds like crap when you sing it. And like, well, let's see what Michael Jackson can do with it. And, like, Michael Jackson took a few takes and, like, oh, no, Michael Jackson can sing the word thriller just fine. Yeah. Michael Jackson can sing yeah. anything you give him. He will yes. sing the phone book yes. and it will be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Other than the doggone girl is mine. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody want to talk about the doggone girl? <laughs> the girl is mine. It's, it's fucking it's, shit. I, I don't know. It's, it's necessary. It's always been a schmaltz. Uh, I don't fault the album for having it on it. I think having Paul McCartney as a guest on your album is a huge balls out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Sure. Sure. Yeah. I do find it really strange when I, I had no idea when I did the research, uh, it was the first single mm -hmm. they yeah. led. I think it was, the first, well, it, it was done before the rest of the album was. Cause I think it was the first thing they cut. Yeah. But still, but if you're that thinking you want sold. like something, what were you saying? Kyle? How much did it sell? 1.3 million copies. Oh my God. Yeah. The yeah. single. It's got Paul McCartney's name on it, exactly. and it's not Wings. You got the cosign. You got the yeah. crossover. You got the cosign. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what happens when you look at the package and don't see what's inside. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, because you see that on the cover, you're like, oh, Michael Jackson, Paul McCartney, this is amazing. Then you hear it, and it's just not good at it all. Is, it is very goofy. I also heard it at a very young age. And even at that age, I knew it was goofy. Yeah. But... It's, it, it, it's it, the shit you gotta wait through before you get to the good stuff. It does. There's there's enough parts in The Girl Is Mine that even as a kid made me giggle that, I don't know, it. it's such a goofy track, but I just remember hearing it as a kid and even giggling to like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and the, the very last track, when, 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 when the very last line when Michael's like, like, when they're rapping, he's like, yeah, she told me that she loved me, not you. And once she was with me, she could never be with anyone else. And then Paul McCartney just goes, I don't believe it. I don't believe it. <laughs> like, as a kid, it's I was like, so oh, that's rich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then if you have your medicine of uh, the, the girl is mine, you get your you get your treat. You get your thriller. It comes right then. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> John. I put in the uh, thriller. It's like eating your vegetables before dessert. Exactly. Like, yeah. Gotta get through the girl is mine before. Hoo hoo doggy. Hey, uh, any of you guys ever have a copy of this with the with the liner notes with the Michael Jackson drawn illustrations? Yeah. The, so he mm -hmm. drew he drew an illustration for the girl is mine. That's actually an admirable rendering of Michael Jackson and also Paul McCartney. Yeah. Pulling apart a very stylized, <laughs> simplified figure yeah. that's supposed to be... It looks like Olive from uh, yeah. Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, he didn't take that much time to... It's so weird. <laughs> it's really weird. And then on the other side, he drew a drawing of monsters coming out of the TV for Thriller. They're pretty decent monsters. Again, the, the, the woman form is kind of stylized. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like the back of Eddie from Iron Maiden. <laughs> right, it just frazzled it's hair. Just frazzled well, hair. I guess the idea is she's supposed to be scared by the monsters. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But, oh, man. <laughs> uh, so, so total rock block in the middle. 
the yes. thriller yeah. in the beetle. It, there's a, there's a, a side flip in the middle. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Side two, track one, beat it. This is like nine songs, seven singles, right? Nine songs, seven singles. Most top ten singles on an album ever. Seven. That's so cool. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the, the stats on this album are insane. 37 weeks at number one. Uh, but, and, and rightfully so, I mean... Obviously, I think it's hard for us to hear this album. That's just at number one. Sorry, I just want to... Yeah, (laughs) at number number one. one. Yeah. That's not just in the top ten. That's number one. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. And then, like, knocked off and then comes right back with Beat It. I forget which one got knocked off to be replaced by yet another, you know, single from this album. We're listening to Thriller uh, right now. We, We already mentioned the epic not wanting to front the bill for the Thriller video. Uh, to release Thriller as the seventh single. Since they released the video for Thriller, album sales doubled. It was already a huge selling album with six out of nine top ten singles. And then they released Thriller with that video, and they doubled what they had already done. And this was, what, like a couple years? Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're, yeah. three yeah. from 82? 82 to 83. Yeah, so yeah. you had a good year gap. I wouldn't call it a gap. He's releasing well, singles from this album the whole time. Right, he's cranking them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes a while to release seven <laughs> singles. The awesome bass groove on Thriller is, I think this is cool. It's two uh, mini Moogs played in unison instead of like doing one and doubling it. Mm-hmm. They just had two people play mini Moog in unison, so it just sounds thick. Okay. It's oh, cool. That sounds so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I talk about the baseline for Billy Jean? Yes, sure. please. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl Hall Hell claims yeah. that Jackson approached him during the We Are the World recording and admitted to stealing the baseline for uh, I Can't Go for That for Billy Jean. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Oh. Rob would be upset if we didn't talk about uh, the synth clavier patch at the beginning of beat it did you guys watch that video that he yep. sent yeah it's crazy i had no idea yeah so so everyone knows how the song beat it sounds you're hearing it in your head right now as i'm describing the song beat it to you that intro to beat it is verbatim from a demo lp pressed to s- sell the the synth clavier two synthesizer mm-hmm. This, what the beginning of Thriller, what you're hearing is them demoing the gong sound of the synth clavier. Beginning of Beat It. Oh, sorry. The beginning of Beat It. And he, and here it turns up in Beat It. What, I, what I'm unclear on is, is this a straight sample of that album? Or did is someone playing a synth clavier? No one knows. Yeah, I was curious about that too. Every, it, it's, theory, theory is either they sample it and they you know, paid them later or they basically, uh, someone played this. So by paid them later, once, so the, once the they gu- got caught, I'm right, sure. right, right, right. The guy credited with, with the, the playing the, 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 that those notes on that sales demo album, uh, Denny Yeager, it's kind of unclear how or when, or if he was paid back, but he does have production credits on bad. Yeah. So, the theory is, you know, he calls them out. They're like, ah, uh, yeah. How about we get you some publishing rights on, yeah. on, on bad? And he's like, 
Yeah, that works for me. Yeah, that's yeah. wonderful for but me. The person, <laughs> but the person who didn't get paid for Beat It is Eddie Van Halen doing his solo. He did it yep. for free. Gratis. He didn't even want his name on it because he thought it was going to flop. <laughs> yeah, mean, he didn't want... He did it while the other band members of Van Halen were out of town because he thought they'd never find out. It's just so adorable. <laughs> and then when they found out that he didn't get paid for it. <laughs> My favorite, though, is like... <laughs> Like a huge, huge single, right? Beat it. And yeah. then, like, you hear this guitar, and I'm sure his band members are like, wait a second. <laughs> like, it's unmistakable Eddie Van Halen. Even as a six year old who is not familiar with the band Van Halen, yeah. when I heard the guitar solo and beat it, my ears pricked up. I'm like, that's different. Yeah. That's new. That's something. <laughs> I read that when Eddie Van Halen recorded the guitar solo, it quote literally caused the monitors, too. the monitor speakers yeah. in the control room to catch fire, and I was like, "Bullshit!" <laughs> so uh, you know, like Wikipedia has the links. So I went to the links, and the link went to like it was like a VHS tape from TV of like some making of thriller interviewing uh, Quincy Jones and also the two engineers uh, who are working on it, and in separate interviews, it's cutting between these. Two engineers at different points corroborating each other's accounts of like, yeah, the monitors caught fire. When he was like, <laughs> we had to come in with fire extinguishers. Like they both like going into like the same detail. Like, <laughs> how is that real? But in the parody guitar solo in Weird Al's Eat It, here we go. At the end of that guitar solo, uh, you you hear uh, a speaker explode. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, is that uh, in your experience, is it possible that if you had the the uh, the board set differently set for pop and instead you run a, a hard, like high pitched rock uh, shred through it? Would it? I don't burn know out a like a burnout scientifically of how that happened. I know that Eddie Van Halen has a very custom rig and very unorthodox like settings, but, but they're talking about the monitor. Yeah, the monitor. Yeah, so, in the it's, control so it's not room. even yeah. his amp. The sound is going through the wires, going to a different room, and making those speakers catch on fire. I could see if they plug directly like in his head into the head because mm. he's got like that fifty one fifty, and it's like yeah. really powerful. Well, and so overdriven or something. It. Yeah, I could see enough voltage like going through there. <laughs> is that a, am I saying that right? Is it amperage or voltage? Oh, uh, the volts you. will kill you, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or is it the amp? But which one sets uh, monitors on the fire? The amps will kill you. I don't know. <laughs> which sets monitors on fire so I know which one to turn up and <laughs> It's a pretty good trick. I read that too. You press the disc and people play it and their speakers catch <laughs> like, I want to find that frequency. <laughs> right. you know? The brown note except it's like yeah. The 451 note. <laughs> you press it in the wax and it destroys your system. Where did you come from, baby? And ooh, won't you take me there right away? Won't you, baby? Then the rooted you've got to be. Spark my need, just sugar fly with me. Don't you know now is the perfect time. We can make it right near the city lights. In the night, he's the love. I really thought I dug deep. 
I thought about it a lot. And Quincy Jones was, was right, though. This To have, like, a greatest album of all time, you have to cover, like, four, five, six different genres. Mm-hmm. It's like they set up the blueprint to explore this and, and create this. They had the, the mindset. And they were going through... I think they said 300 different demos, 300 different like songs that they were just like. So how to find 10 killers. Yeah. You hear Quincy Jones mandate to the people working on this album. We got him in the room like that first morning. He's like, he's like, folks, today, like what what we're doing is we're going to save the record industry. Yeah. We're going to save the recorded music industry. And him and Michael, they wanted an album of. All killers, and we throw that word around, you know, all killer, no filler. Yeah. Do you remember but, what he referenced when he wanted a, an album of all killer, no filler? What he What he reference? Uh, the Nutcracker Suite. Yes. Yeah. That is all killer. All killer Tchaikovsky. That is fucking. <laughs> yeah. He all killer. Michael Jackson was like all killer, no filler, like Tchaikovsky's the Nutcracker <laughs> Suite. He's not wrong. <laughs> I do. He's like, not uh, wrong. It's great. <laughs> So Quincy Jones had a nickname for Michael in the studio, and that nickname was Smelly. <laughs> and he would call him Smelly unless he was mad at him. He would call him Michael when he was mad oh. at him. But it's because Michael oh, Jackson. Some bad shit. Michael Jackson didn't like to swear and use dirty language. So instead of like saying like, "Oh man, that's that sounds like shit" or "That's shitty," he's like, "Oh guys, come on, that's Smelly. We, <laughs> we, we, we can we can do it better." We can do it better. That's smelly, guys. We're not putting out a smelly record. So Quincy Jones is like, all right, smelly. Let's do another take. (laughs) That's so good. And I heard that when they they completed it, they thought the mix was off. They did, yeah. Like completely off. Across the entire album? They remixed it 91 times. And then went back to the second mix. Yeah, they 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 did the over Over mixed it. Essentially is what they did. They would do the Phil Spector thing where they would get it sounding awesome on like the the top of the line high end monitor speakers in the control room. They would get it sound like earth shaking on those and then play it on the tiniest, shittiest speaker they could find to see if it still sound like still carried through. Mm-hmm. And once you could find one, find like a mix that sounds awesome in like their state of the art system also sounds awesome on like the stereo system of a factory Chevelle. Then they had a they had a hit on the, record on the Fisher Price turntable. On the, dude, this album is fire on a Fisher Price turntable. <laughs> Tell you what, I think what's interesting about this album is, you know, we talked about this like sixty six to a hundred million records sold. That Michael Jackson was just obsessed for the rest of his life with with beating this. Like that's that's lore. Like that's mythology. Like him just going wild trying to beat Thriller. How, like, though? did he ever beat it? No, no, he never no, did. Not even close. Beat it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, bad's pretty good. Yeah, I think I, I prefer bad to this record. You prefer bad to thriller? Yes, I do. I prefer thriller to bad, but I love bad. There's more disco pop on disco pop, disco funk on this than there is on bad. Yeah, absolutely, there is. So I think it's just sort of where do you want to? There's more songs. Played by the band Toto on this album than there is. Do you think that Bad is kind of just heading off in the same direction that Beat It started? Like going the kind of like rock pop edge? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He's going for everybody in the goddamn world to like his record. Well, and Michael went on from there to do more of that kind of rock pop. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, think I mean, we've the... all watched Captain EO, right? <laughs> oh, Captain EO. <laughs> I made Claire watch that a few weeks ago. The, the, the like, most the expensive... What was it? The, it was like the most expensive uh, per minute of film. It's it's like... Francis Ford Coppola? Oh, yeah. Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> Jeez. When, when John think... Landis isn't cutting it, get Francis oh. Ford Coppola. Yeah. Oh boy. Everybody so, was working with Michael at the time. What were you saying, Kyle? There's a special all of Toto. John Landis story. John Landis was directing a segment from uh, the movie The Twilight Zone. So the the scene with like the racist that's traveling through time and getting his comeuppance. Do you remember that that sequence? Uh, directed by John Landis, um, who directed you know Thriller. Thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, Among a few other things. A few other things. Yeah, during the making of the Twilight Zone, he like paid some parents under the table to uh, shoot their immigrant children on a film set that was unsafe, like late at night. Shoot and uh, with, with a camera, camera. <laughs> with a camera, with a camera. But hang on, Ben. No, I, I I think I know the story. Yeah, there was a helicopter yeah, on set I know this that story. Right. decapitated a bunch of people. What? Um, Yes. Yeah, the, 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 in the movie, it's like a flashback to like some Vietnam scene, mm-hmm. yep. and there's a helicopter flying low to the ground, and there were casualties. Yeah, oh there's gosh. an actor carrying like two children under his arms, and um, <laughs> something went wrong, and the helicopter decapitated everybody. Oh my god! Yeah, John Landis <sighs> kept directing movies after that. Yep. How is uh, I'm wondering though, how is that his fault and not the stunt coordinator's fault? I was always right. wondering. I mean, you can't thing. blame the director for that. Unless he directed the helicopter to He's like, now fly into the children. <laughs> yeah. I mean, John Landis, I'm sorry. Are we talking about John Landis now? John Landis was a very, you know, like I'm a I'm a wild, you know, yeah. director and he's a wild card. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I doubt I, I just don't think you can blame him at that in that context if he wasn't like also, the helicopter pilot. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many factors going Why into that. Why does the buck stop at direct? There are well, I mean, I because there are undocumented children shooting late at night on an unsafe set. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is an unfortunate detail as well. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about Thriller. John Landis, though. Uh, he said that his favorite moment during the making of Thriller, one of the few times in his life he's ever been speechless, is when he was shooting on the graveyard set. And the meatpacking plant, East L.A., a dodgy neighborhood by a, f- a freight yard. Uh, they were shooting away. Michael's assistant comes out and says, Michael would like to see you in his trailer. And he said, OK, I'll be there in 20 minutes. So I go out. It's like 3.30 in the morning. And they're in, in a w- Winnebago. There's lots of security. Steps up, knocks on the door. And Michael's like, John, do you know Miss Onassis? And it was Jackie Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> Just hanging out in Michael Jackson's trailer at 3.30 in the morning on the Thriller set. And John Landis was just like, it was wild to be around Michael Jackson at this time. Like, there were so, like, he was just getting calls from the president. Like, it was that level of fame that just goes beyond, like, So this is before reality. the album's released. Yeah. Well, I the, know that Michael Jackson's been a big star since he was a kid. Oh, but the, he's the been video. Big, the video. Yeah. So the, the okay, album, so, the so album is, really is like yeah. 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 Reagan sense. is asking him to use like Michael Jackson's fame on the war on drugs. He's like, together yes. we can beat it. It's like <laughs> Michael Jackson was famous pre-thriller, 
but his fame before and after the release date of Thriller are two very different things. Right. Mm. Are you talking about the album or the single? Both. I'm talking about the album. <laughs> I was specifically talking about the album. And then the single, which doubled the album sales. Wild. Yeah. Man, let's see. I, I probably have some things to say about the Thriller music video, which I watched for the first time since I was a kid today. Man. Oh, no, not today. Earlier this week. It It's weird how ingrained in our subconscious the imagery of the Thriller music video is. I wonder how many times... I've seen something do a nod to something from the Thriller music video, and I'm just so numb to it that it hasn't even registered. Just like, oh, yeah, they're doing a Thriller. Of course they are. You know, like. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree that it's wild that this is perhaps the best-selling record of all time, and the lead single is a horror movie song. I mean, yeah. that's pretty unusual that's for pop. You By know? lead single, do you mean seventh out of seven single? No, uh, did I misspeak? I meant... Uh, most well-known song on yeah. the album, probably. Man, even Billie Jean? I don't know. Billie Jean's huge. Beat PYT's it? huge. Beat It's huge. PYT might be my favorite Michael Jackson song. I agree. Really? It really? is the most... Okay. It, of, the, of the songs on this album that make me shake my butt, PYT is at the top, partially because the electro vocoder runs through it, and that's fucking great, and then partly because it's got little, like... He says, repeat after me, na 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 and then, like, the PYT itself makes you want to sing along PYT. If I'm making a party mix and I'm including a song from the album Thriller, it's PYT. Uh -huh. It's disco funk. Yeah, PYT is my a, favorite. It's a dance song. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. It's, it, 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 you know, it's easy to call it a throwaway song because of its company on the album, but it is such a fuzzy funk banger. Are you sure that's not just because the other songs have been oversaturated? No, not necessarily. Okay. Like, uh, for, uh, okay, so I didn't have cable growing up. So I didn't have MTV. I saw, I forget the circumstances where I saw the Thriller music video, but it was like a special occasion. But I had the record. So through my formative years, I heard all of these songs the exact same time as each other. I would just put it on and, and play it. And I loved the whole thing. But PYT with like the chipmunk vocals and the robot vocals yeah, the and the funky dance breaks. It, it, again, to six-year-old me, it had everything. It's the perfect groove to roller skate around your parents' unfinished <laughs> basement. I know you did some uh, some fat lip syncing at a talent show. Oh, shit. Yeah, I did. Did my sister tell you about this? Perhaps. <laughs> uh, did you have a pillow under your shirt, Ben? Well, yeah, because because I was lip syncing to Weird Al Yankovic's Fat, which we will cover when we talk about Michael Jackson's Bad. <laughs> But no, no, yeah. But I see I, what you're saying. The seeds have already been sown. Yeah, no, I was yeah. very much into Michael Jackson and then also Weird Al. I liked Weird Al's version of Michael Jackson songs as much as I liked Weird Al, uh, Michael Jackson songs. It was like I got two songs for the price of one. And uh, yes, I absolutely performed Weird Al's Fat at a talent show with pillows <laughs> stuffed under all my clothes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of attire... Of course, Jackson's red jacket was designed by John Landis's wife. The one from the Thriller video, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was so crazy. And I thought it was really uh, nuts that um, uh, Quincy Jones' uh, wife, uh, actress Peggy Lipton, who was in the Mod Squad, uh, knew she was the catalyst into getting uh, the legendary horror actor Vincent Price in the studio. Yeah, she she was like, 
I, I know Vincent Price. We can uh, get him in the studio to do the thriller. Uh, what did you say? A rapper? Uh, mon- monologue. Monologue, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, Quincy Jones is like, oh, so man, cool. we need something at the end of the song. We need like a spooky monologue. What should we do for a spooky monologue? You have Penny Lipton's like, I could call Vinny. That's so <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like when Vincent Price was like paid less than a grand. And, yeah. and then he was like. It's 1,000 times more than EVH. <laughs> like, Michael Jackson stopped your turning my calls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was on Johnny Carson and he said that, the, you know, they offered him a percentage of album sales or uh, 20K. And he was like, well, I'm pretty well off. I'll just take the 20K. That's fine. Uh, fucked up, Vince. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And he was like pretty good natured about it. And then when Carson mentioned that he could have made millions off the royalties due to the, <laughs> the sales, Prince laughed heartily and said, how well I know. <laughs> God, I love Vincent Price so yeah. much. Such a, like yeah. a, seems like a good natured dude. Uh, so yes, we keep on talking about the Thriller music video. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, it's awesome. There's tons of uh, fake outs in it. Uh, so at first we're watching Michael in a red jacket that's a different red jacket because there's several red jackets associated with the the visual uh, promotions of this album. He's in the red leather letter jacket and he's with a lady and he becomes a werewolf. And then you're like, oh, no, Michael Jackson's a werewolf. And then, oh, they're sitting in a movie theater. So he's not a werewolf. But then he becomes a zombie. It's like, oh no, he's a zombie now. Then he's not a zombie. But then you realize it's just because he's singing. And singing zombies look like Michael Jackson. As soon as he's done singing, he starts looking like a zombie again. And you're like, oh man, now he's really a zombie. But then, no, no, it's just that she was asleep. And it's Michael. And he's like, hey, what's wrong? But then, and then, he was a werewolf the whole time. He got you. You thought he was going to be a zombie. But no, he was werewolf like the like like from before. <laughs> bookends, bookends, werewolf bookends. <laughs> Courtesy of John Lennon. <laughs> and that's how you do a spooky music video. Who did Who did uh, American Werewolf? Is that it was John, John Landis. Landis. Yeah. I, I, I was wondering because that transformation. Yes, it looks so similar. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because those are all practical effects in American Werewolf in London. Yep. Yeah. In 1982, all we had were practical effects. You could have claymated it. That's practical. Because it's not digital. I guess, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's different from balloons and wires. Mm. (laughs) All I know is the the Michael Jackson werewolf mask. I want that. Mm -hmm. Because... The cat one or the werewolf? When he's fully fully wolfed out. The cat cat one's cool, too, when he's, like, 80% werewolf, but he kind of just looks like an angry cat. He just looks like an angry cat. And then it cuts to the girl screaming, then it cuts back to him, and he's, like, full werewolf. Man, that's such a cool look. And then the the, the, the zombie makeup and the zombie Michael Jackson, he's, like, equally cool-looking and scary. That video has such an effect on me. It's kind of interesting because Michael Jackson is somebody who's so obsessed with his image for yeah. them to let him go so scary. He looks fucking creepy in that music yeah. video. Yeah. He looks creepy in several different ways in that music video. Yeah. And like, how many different ways can we make Michael Jackson creepy? He's like, go for it, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then they also let him have like 
you know, handsome young man boy uh, looks, you know, with his 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 curls and his like tight red pants and his big V jacket that looks like uh, Eddie Murphy. Oh, yeah. Eddie Murphy meets Klaus Kinski. Like, yeah. uh, Klaus, Klaus Nomi? Klaus Nomi, sorry. Yeah, yeah not Klaus Kinski. Yeah. Klaus Kinski. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of them Klauses. Uh, <laughs> How many could there be? I'll talk about uh, this did win a record breaking eight Grammy Awards, 1984 Grammy Awards, yeah. including Album of the Year, uh, while Beat It won Record of the Year. Michael Jackson was a little cranky that uh, Off the Wall did not yep. get the Grammy rec- uh, recognition that he thought it deserved. Yeah. So then he just made the best album of all times. Yeah. yeah. That's, how, that's the best revenge, right? Yes. His, his recording thriller. <laughs> yeah. Because the cover of this album, like, like, like you said, you know, there's a lot of questions on the image of Michael Jackson, you know, and being image conscious. The cover of this just looks like uh, it's a weird mix of him just kind of kicking back in a white pleated I, pants tuxedo with the that like was a, provided like by the photographer That's, yeah yeah I, that, that was like from wardrobe yeah i couldn't believe got this like white suit you want to wear my white suit off the wall was the same thing where they were just like oh let's put you in this and he's like fine and then they put he's him like, in fine, this but i'm wearing white socks that's yeah and then this too yeah. i was like for someone who's so iconic and you know you you have these different like images of him it's like the, the jacket that he wears in the thriller video. It's right. like, that wasn't actually him. You know, like someone came up. So it's very strange to me that, uh, you know, uh, it, it's almost like you always think of someone like creating their own identity. Right. But it, it just kind of seemed like happenstance for some of these things to happen. Off the wall, more like off the rack. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got. Obviously, when he goes to the uh, the rhinestone glove and yeah, because that starts around this era. This is it. Yeah, I think is it. This I is think, in w- Billie Jean. Be the, the, was the I know the the twenty five years of Motown is where he debuted the Moonwalk live. Yeah, was that also was was the white glove that same performance? That that's this. Yeah, he was yeah. moonwalking in the studio. Yeah, uh, the first time the world saw the moonwalk was, was the front moonwalk, wasn't it? Was that the front moonwalk? I don't know. You talking about a sunwalk? <laughs> no, the, there was a, there was like a TV special, twenty five years of Motown, where like all the old Motown artists were coming up and doing hits, and Michael Jackson. I forget what song he played, but it was one of the tracks from Thriller because he had a new single to promote, and it was kind of the highlight of the twenty five years of Motown. Like you watch the whole two hours of it, and at the end, Michael Jackson performs, and that was the first time he did the moonwalk on TV, and. It being 1982 or 1983, everyone was tuned in. Everyone saw him defy physics on TV. And nothing was ever the same. I can't talk about how much (laughs) this album just changed the trajectory of my boring Indiana childhood. Michael Jackson performed the moonwalk for the first time in public on March 25th, 1983. There you go. Are you looking at it right now? Was that the... the Motown Motown 25, Yesterday, Today, Forever. Yeah. Does it say what song? Probably Billy Joel. Or Billy Jean. Billy Jean, probably. Billy Joel. Yeah. You know that Michael Jackson song, Billy Joel? (laughs) Billy Joel is not my lover. (laughs) Trust me. (laughs) (laughs) Just just take my word for it. He's just a guy. (laughs) Yeah. It's Billy Jean.
Quincy Jones said that he wanted a, a black version of My Sharona. Oh, and that was right. Beat It. Yeah. Yeah, give me something like that. My Sharona. <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> well, that's what you think and, about when you think about the rock and rolls. Yeah. And Michael... I mean, I get it. Like, I mean, My Sharona is a endless, you know, timeless earworm. and Especially in 82, it was just burning yeah. up every chart. And like Michael Jackson, who was had not worked that much in the rock and roll idiom. He's like, so if I'm going to write a rock song, I'm going to write a rock song that I want to hear. Like, how about how you don't have to be in a fight? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what's your, what's your second favorite rock song? <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like it. I thought it was interesting, too. There were, like, around 80 gang members actually in the video. Those were actual gang members? Yeah. Like actual the bloods. And bloods. Yeah, actual <laughs> bloods and actual crips, yeah. Like the guy that, when I was a kid, I thought was maybe Freddie Mercury. Yeah, probably. He's, he's the guy with the mustache and the sunglasses and the white leather jacket. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that could be Freddie Mercury. Yep. Six-year-old me thought. You might be conflating the uh, the Eat It video. Where instead of knives, they bust out forks and spoons. Uh. Oh, is that the one that uses actual gang members? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I could have sworn that it was just professional dancers w- that someone painted some dirt on their faces. They also had a choreographer, co- choreographer uh, Michael Peters, who did the thriller uh, choreography. Okay. He was also... Uh, a gang member. A gang member. <laughs> he was in the books. <laughs> he was the one dressed in white with sunglasses oh, and a mustache. No, he really was a gang member. <laughs> no, no. Posse uh, gang. Well, in, in Beat It, he played a gang member. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, played the gang. Not, I mean, no, he was not actually. Uh, he, he's he's main, gang, main gang member of the other team. Because right the on. video is following main gang member of the home team. is following him leading up to the fight dance. Yes. Yeah. And then he fight dances... Sunglasses, mustache, white leather jacket. Yes. Yes. Yeah, Michael Peters also, he worked on like Love is a Battlefield uh, by Pat Benatar. Which also has fight dancing. And he, he won the Tony for work on Dreamgirls. I mean, he was a... He did not have, and I don't expect him to be, but this is just me thinking that as a kid, a lot of 80s dance sequences are similar. He didn't work on Ferris Bueller or Blues Brothers for those crowd dance scenes, did he? Uh, I don't know about uh, Blues Brothers. I don't. I don't believe so for uh, Ferris Bueller. But that that could have come around if he knew uh, John Landis. I mean that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, John Landis did Blues Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. Thriller, Blues Brothers, and Ferris Bueller. They've all got scenes where like a big crowd of people are like, I know you can't see me in Radioland, but like doing like the yep. like the like the monster thing. And you the, the Ferris Bueller uh, choreographer is Kenny Ortega. Okay. Can you find me Blues Brothers? Busted. Sure. <laughs> it's for the Shake a Tail for their music scene outside. It was uh, choreographed by cocaine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just a sentient bag of cocaine. Uh, yeah. Carlton Johnson. Okay. It was it was uh, John Belushi violently gesticulating. <laughs> it was choreographed by four fried chickens and a Coke. <laughs> Dry. <laughs> and a toast. Dry. <laughs> And I mean, you can't say enough positive things about this album. Have you heard any later interviews with Quincy Jones where he just shits on everyone because he's Quincy Jones and he can? <laughs> oh yeah, he's just like yes. shitting on the Beatles, just like shit. Like he has been in this industry for like seventy years. Yeah. And if anyone has earned the right 
to throw their weight around and shit on anything they don't agree with is absolutely Quincy Jones. It's fucking Quincy Jones. It's fucking Quincy Jones. Yeah. But I read an interview with him a few years back in like Rolling Stone or something. He was like, oh yeah, Beatles couldn't play their instruments. They couldn't play shit. I was like, I grew up with Sinatra and the big bands. Like, I know when people can play their instruments. They can't. <laughs> you know? And you're like, okay, Quincy. You would know, literally. Yeah. <laughs> you were in the room with everyone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah, is there any detractions other than, I, I would say the girl's mine. Like, Okay, sorry, Birch. Uh, in 2008, Will I Am? Okay. Remix The Girl Is Mine for like the 25th anniversary uh, re-release of this record. <laughs> to generally unfavorable reviews. <laughs> I mean, you can't polish a turd. <laughs> I, I didn't listen to it. I don't know if you guys did. Uh, did not. Well, uh, I am. The girl that. is mine. I, I, I'm sure it was unfairly maligned. De- I, definitely. We'll put that on later. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think I need a remix remaster of Thriller. I think that Quincy and the boys kind of got it right the first time. Yeah. It, in the in the 90 remixes that they did before they went back to number two, yeah. I feel like they exhausted all of their options and they picked the the pinnacle of how this music can sound, and that is the thriller that you can buy at the store. Yeah, it's not like they didn't work hard enough on this album. It's not like you've got Iggy Pop misplacing microphones around the room. <laughs> Which is what happened with Rob Power. <laughs> yeah. No, here. <laughs> yeah. The music video for Thriller is the first music video that's been entered in the National Film Registry. Uh, it Because they showed it in front of a crowd. Mm-hmm. It's credited with legitimizing the format as art. It also popularized the format of the making of documentary. Hmm. Right? That's cool. Yeah. It's mercenary, but awesome. And it turns out he was a werewolf after all. Mm-hmm. Whole time. The whole time. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you for him, Michael. <laughs> oh, Paul. I'm a lover. I'm a yeah, I love Paul McCartney. Now, Michael, I'm not going to fight over this. Well, Paul, <laughs> just so you know, Paul McCartney. <laughs> Put up your dukes, Paul. <laughs> uh, yeah, I should probably mention that. Obviously, after this this record and after they sang together, uh, Paul McCartney <laughs> gave him some oh. advice. <laughs> Tell me all of your catalog. The, the greatest <laughs> thing an artist could have is to own his own music. And then when Apple Records, you know, they yeah. sold the Beatles, Michael outbid Paul for 205 songs, some of yeah. the Beatles. Mm-hmm. It's kind of <laughs> shitty. It's the shittiest move. <laughs> it's a really shitty move. It's so tacky. I wish it was the shittiest non-music thing that Michael Jackson has done. Unfortunately, it's not, but it is a shitty thing. It's terrible, too, because he. W- I, I'm pretty sure he then acknowledged to Paul, oh, I got your songs. Like he... Like he said. Yeah. Get, every, get like everyone's songs, said. including yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the best thing you can do is to own your songs. <laughs> 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 now I own your songs. <laughs> I remember as a kid thinking that was shitty. Yeah. Because it's shitty. Yeah. The worst. <laughs> like, hey. That was a big fucking deal when it happened. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Well, I I think in part too because I mean, he, obviously he has so much money. It's like, what more do you want? I think that he outbid. I think artist? that Paul and Yoko, who don't really like each other, 
put their money together yes. to try to outbid Michael. Michael's yeah. like, ha ah, <laughs> No! <laughs> <laughs> He is a fighter. <laughs> Only Dirty fighter. Legal battles. That's right. Let's also say that whoever was selling him, I'm pretty sure could have chosen. Although I don't, yeah. I guess I don't know if they were for auction. Auction. Or not. Yeah, it's probably a liquidation thing. Yeah. It seems like. So this was Apple that was selling him. Paul McCartney's on the ground floor at Apple. It just seems like something could have been arranged before they went to market. Yeah, you, you, normally contracts like that, you have a right He's of like, first oh, refusal or something. In hi, there, you know me, Sir Paul McCartney. I wrote these songs and I'm fucking rich. Uh, I also built this building. Do you think maybe I could just buy those songs? Hee-haw! Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> how, about, how about all of my money and also... All of John Lennon's money that now belongs to Yoko. Still, oh, still no? I sold 66 million of this album. <laughs> you ain't got shit. Well, it, it, well, no, in this conversation, he's not talking to Michael. I'm sure he's, oh, he's talking to well. whoever at Apple is not selling Paul's songs back to him right. for tons of money that I'm sure he's putting on the table. Well, I'm sure they said, we he's heard like, from Michael's people. So like, you know what? I bet Michael Jackson will pay me more. Yep. Shitty, shitty is not a one-way street. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to listen to Thriller with you guys for the rest of the week. I'm not going anywhere. Okay. In the year 1997, I went to a rave and uh, I was really high on acid. And at midnight, they played Thriller and it was the greatest night of my life. (laughs) (laughs) I had a glow stick. Is it better than the time you saw Transformers perform songs? Before that happened, that was the greatest night of my life. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Second greatest night of your life. Everybody listening, do acid. <laughs> I don't care how old you are. <laughs> it's going to be my mom, dude. It's going to well, be a Barbs thriller night. <laughs> Drop this tab, Barbs. <laughs> Let's go watch some Transformers perform songs. <laughs> it's always a great idea. I can say, even with ba- even with a girl is mine, I can say zero bad words about this album. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty hard. You can't say any bad words about this. Come on. About Thriller, the album. Not a smelly song on it. There's not a smelly song on this album. That's true. I suppose that's not true. That's. Is it or is it is not true? true? It's yeah. true. It's not true that there are bad songs on this record. There's nothing bad on here. There's nothing bad on here. That's the next album. Even Yes, the next <laughs> album is all bad. <laughs> but if you hate that one, wait till you hear the Weird Al one. Because it's even worse. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I'm a bad dude. Yeah, I got nothing extra. It's all... I, 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 I will forever associate this record just with having all of the good feelings as a kid and revisiting it now, it takes me immediately back. It holds up so well. It's airtight. I turn 40 in a few months and this album makes me as giddy as and excited as a six year old that wanted to see some dancing zombies. Yeah. I, it definitely changed music forever. Yeah. I mean, forever. Uh, not just, I, I was thinking it was kind of interesting that it's kind of in the middle of our book, right? It's yeah. like close to 500 mm-hmm. and it really, there is a, 
before and after. It's like the moon landing almost for yeah, music. I'd say, mm-hmm. yeah, this album is a juggernaut. <laughs> yeah. And, and even if you're not, even if studios and labels were like, well, I'm not really into that music, seeing the album sales, seeing like 40 million copies just go off the shelves in a small amount of time, like 30 weeks, that had to just, everyone was like, this, do this, and whatever he this is music? doing, I- do it. I bet Johnny Rotten's into this. I bet Lou Reed's into this. Like, how are you not into this? Yeah. It's, you can't, be, a, you, you can't be You can't be an edgy naysayer when Thriller is in question. Right. Ben, we'll, we'll bring this up when we talk about bad, because my parents were very <laughs> anti-Michael Jackson. <laughs> really? Because of... Yeah. Because of Thriller? Is it because of the occult? Because there's a disclaimer at the beginning of the video. That yeah. Michael Jackson likes God and he's not actually. Into no, the it wasn't anything about that. This is very related to Moonwalker. <laughs> <laughs> my parents walked in and I watching uh, Moonwalker and had a lot of things to say. A little too, too much uh, crotch grabbing. My mom was like, uh, of course, he's trying to get little kids to like this album. <laughs> Wait, even even, even uh, uh, is that a contemporary take? Is that like a like a nineteen eighty three take? No, this is nineteen eighty seven. Wow, 87. Mm, still yeah. that's like really. I said, I'm saving it. Yeah, the hush money started saving in eighty four. So you keep telling yes, me. Uh, all right. So we all on the positive on this one? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Negative. I'm going to, <laughs> for the time being, I'm going to enjoy my, my guilt-free love of Michael Jackson until I'm re- forced to reconcile with anything that he did as a person, which I'm sure we'll cover in later albums. For time being, though, I just want to wholeheartedly love Thriller with zero reservations. Really we need albums like Thriller. Like, back when there was a monoculture, you know, in America, it was like... Everybody fucking listened to Thriller. Yeah. yeah. Everybody listened to it. Yeah. Except my parents. It was just... Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was just what you did. It was on the radio. It was everywhere. It's everywhere. It's on the TV. It's on the TV. Every single kid dancing. can't get this. away from it. <laughs> no. It's it on, was before Fantasia. It's on Pepsi commercials. In the mm-hmm. movie theaters. Yeah. 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 Wait, wait, what are you talking about, Birch? Fantasia. Yeah, they played this before Fantasia in the... The album? The, the video. The video. They played Thriller before yes. Fantasia? Yes, because some people were not pleased when they took their kids to see a Disney movie. And Sorry all... about your nerdy kid. Michael Jackson thriller. is for all ages, including Thriller. If you're old enough to sit in a movie theater seat, you're all left old enough to watch fucking Thriller. That's right. All right, next time we'll be talking about The Birthday Party, Junkyard. No idea. Oh, yeah. Oh.